Hello. Hey. All right. It's Monday. We did it a day late because we were busy. And no one listens to this anyway, so yep. it doesn't really matter. So sorry to all you 10 fans. Uh, we um, had to, what was it? What did we do? Oh, we repainted the bathroom. On Saturday. Yeah. Well, that took it out of me, my old ass. And, and then, yeah, and then we went apple picking yesterday. And we were gone way longer than I expected. So that's such a, you know, when you think about apple picking, it's like they pick, they make you, they charge you to do labor for them. Yeah, but they grow it all year long. Yeah, but you have to, well, no, not all year. They don't grow apples in the winter time. No, but I mean, but they, okay, ch- but they make you pay to pick their apples. For free, and then you have to turn around and pay for those apples. Yeah, but keeps the farms going. It's smart. It's all there's. There's a lot of work that goes into that farm, though. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, we did that, and you you might be able to hear our dogs. They are rustling around over there. So, anyways, okay. (laughs) Our Um, little dachshund sounds like an old woman. (laughs) When when she she makes noises, she sounds like, she's like, (laughs) I I can't even. She, so our bigger dog, like, sat on her one time. He didn't see her under the covers and sat on her. And she let out this, I'm not even going to say a yelp because it was a straight scream. (laughs) It sounded, I'm not kidding, it sent chills up my spine because it sounded like there was a woman in the room with us that had just yelled. It sounded like a scary movie, like if there was supposed to be like an old woman yelling. Yeah, in a yeah. scary movie. It's what It was so eerie and so terrifying. I was like, can she talk? <laughs> because it sounded so human-like. It sounded like, yeah. It was funny. It was like, ah! Like, I can't <laughs> even do it. It was so creepy. Uh, she was scared. Anyways, so, yeah, so we did it. Uh, we decided to do it tonight, Monday, so. Yeah, and since last weekend, we saw a really good concert. We decided to do, like, murders involving the music industry in some way, so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. All Who right. Who goes first? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Because I don't, uh, anyways. Uh, our theory tonight, or our, um, not theory, our uh, motto tonight is the faster we do this, the faster we can go to bed. We're still tanked. I'm just we're, old. Yeah, we're old. I feel old asleep at work fuck. today, I'm not going to lie. What? Yeah, it's like, all right, I'm really stressed out. I'm going to meditate for 10 oh minutes. Oh, my and gosh. I'm not at all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I should call you Brian. No, you shouldn't. Because I'd kill you. All right. And that would that's actually a, that's another joke. That's another story. Require that's doing something. <laughs> what if he listens to this? Okay. No, he doesn't even know. Anyways, um, so I did mine on Sid Vicious. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, you've already done this, but okay. <laughs> I was just gonna see what you would say. Um, let's see. I did mine on Phil Spector. Oh, do you know this one? crazy hair guy? Yeah. Do you know this one? Um, I don't think so. Mm. Okay. Well, um, he was known as a producer, musician, and songwriter who developed the Wall of Sound. Do you know what the Wall of Sound is? No. 
It's apparently a composition. Um, I forgot. I looked it up, but it was like um, some. It was supposed to make sound. It was supposed to make things sound better whenever they were over radio and jukeboxes at the time. Oh. Um, so he th- he figured out a way to make this. It was a m- music production formula. Anyways, so he was known for that. Um, and he was actually a co-founder of the Teddy Bears and was a guitarist and vocalist. And that was in 1958. Oh, he's old, old. Yeah, he's old af. Um, he also co-founded uh, Phillies, Phillies, Phillies Records. Um, and he was known as the youngest U.S. label record owner at that time. Hmm. Um I'm just kind of giving background info on him just so we know who we're dealing with. I'm not trying to. Well, actually, we'll get into it, like, because he says he didn't do it, but then there's theories that say he did, or um, I guess a witness mm. kind of points the finger to to him. Uh, born December 26th, 1939. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, the Christmas baby. <clears throat> Mm, he's actually after Christmas. Same thing. Anyways, uh, he was a first-generation immigrant uh, Jewish family. Oh. And, yeah. Um, and he grew up in the Bronx, New oh. York City. Uh, Phil's dad actually died by suicide. I just added that oh. in there. Uh, April 20th, 1949. I don't think that had anything, anything to do with what he did. but um, And then his mo- mom moved to L.A., where she found work shortly after his death. Uh, it was a couple of years after the husband died. Um, so the murder, it happened on February 3rd, 2003. Actress Lena Clarkson was killed in Phil's mansion in Alhambra, California. Her body was found slumped over in a chair with a single gunshot wound to her mouth with broken teeth scattered all over the floor. <laughs> Sounds very painful. Teeth. Yeah. <clears throat> Her, um, wait, what was that? Oh, I don't know why I thought of this, but Tusk. Tusk came on the, uh, suggested the other night. <laughs> the worst movie yeah, ever. Yeah, I know. Um, he told, um, so Phil told the famous magazine, uh, what was it? Esquire. Um, that it was an accidental suicide. Hmm. Uh, and what? Okay. Yeah. And he, yeah. What's an accidental suicide on the barrel of a gun accidentally. And well, I mean, you can play out the part, like I'm going to kill myself and then you accidentally pull the trigger. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. It's a weird choice of words. Yes. Uh, he said that he, um, that she kissed the gun. Um, so the night of the emergency, uh, 911 call made, um, actually by Phil's limo driver, Ariano de Souza quotes Spectre saying, I think I've killed someone. Adriano said that he saw Spectre come out of the back door of the house with a gun in his hand. 
lane okay so then um that was just kind of the gist of the story but then so the beginning of this is lana clarkson met uh phil at the house of blues in la that night oh yeah is that what's happening our dog is coughing oh um so then uh so yeah they met at the house of blues that night and then so they didn't know each other for very long um after leaving the house of blues in phil's limo they went to his house and the limo driver waited in the car which was adriano which i think is weird why would the limo driver just wait in the car for that long i guess if he's getting paid a shit ton of money he's like hey just wait until she comes back out but seems kind of weird um but i don't i don't think he had any involvement i'm just saying you know yeah it, it just seems like why wouldn't he just say you just go home and we'll figure anything out if if she wanted to leave we'll call a taxi or something anyways an hour later uh the driver heard a gunshot before specter exited the house through the back door with a gun like i said so that was him saying that he heard a gunshot before he came out of the house and then but the thing is is they could actually not find any fingerprints on the gun which is weird also so if he saw him walk out of the house with a gun maybe wiped it off yeah but right and that they were I, I i don't i didn't see anything that said it was his gun but i'm pretty sure they were because according to the prosecution phil has previously pulled the guns out on four women and we're talking about handguns. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> in each case, in each case, he was known to be drinking and was romantically interested in the women, but grew angry after the women spurned him. So they didn't want to stay, and he's like, "You better stay." Probably because he's a freaking weirdo. Yeah, yeah, he kind of looks weird. Um. So, yeah, each time he would pull a gun on them to prevent them from walking out. Um, he remained free on a, actually a $1 million bail while waiting trial, uh, which began on March 19th, 2007. So that was a little while after. Because when did that happen? That was like uh, 2003? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is. So... Uh, <clears throat> A uh, retrial of uh, Phil's murder in the second degree took place on October 20th, 2008 with Judge Fiddler. Um, what? Judge Fiddler. Oh. Uh, the case went to the jury on March 26th, 2009, and 18 days later, on April 13th, the jury returned Ooh. a guilty verdict. Okay, and then he was found guilty of using a firearm in the commission of a crime and sentenced to 19 years to life in California Stat Prison. Pew, pew. I forgot to put the E in state. Um, 2011, the California Second District Court of Appeal affirmed uh, Phil's conviction in May 2011 and denied his request for a rehearing of the appeal shortly after. So... Um, yeah, it's kind of short. It's kind of weird, though. Um, what happened? Yeah. Uh, did I... I could have sworn I said... So the 911 call... 
Nope, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah. The 911 call quotes Phil saying, I think I've killed somebody. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. So I thought you said that the limo driver said, told, told what's his name, Phil? Mm-hmm. Phil told the limo driver that. No, no, no. He oh. That was on the 911 call. They, heur- um, they heard him saying that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He looks like an off-brand, like, Rod Stewart or something. <laughs> off-brand. Yeah. So, suspicious. Who was um, Lana? She just did. Oh, uh, she was an actor. Actress. Actress, yeah, it's actress. That is correct. Um, I'm 99.9% sure that's what she was. I thought I had that in here. I guess I didn't. Stupid me. Okay, I'll look at it. I'll make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actress and fashion model. Oh, what was she in? What's that? Look up her IMDb for Uh, International Movie Database Profile. Did they have Lifetime movies at that time? Yeah, I'm sure they did. What, 2003? Wait, whoa. What? No. What? No. What? She's in the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, oh my God! She was Mrs. Vargas. I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, mm, I can't think of. Hold on, you'll know. Let me. I'll pull a picture. Hmm. Speaking of, she um, is the teacher. No, speaking of Sean Penn, there's this um. At the gym I go to, one of the the like I feel like all the people that work there are all like 16 year old kids and one of the kids that works there looks like a young sean penn mm-hmm. like seriously looks like a teenage sean penn and i told him that i was like you look like a very young sean penn and he was like i don't know who that is oh my god and i was like oh my god i'm old <laughs> um it was it it was at the prom at the end or the yeah. boy i've seen that movie oh. one time oh I don't okay well it was with the teacher oh. mr vargas okay the guy who's the science teacher, the weird-looking guy. Oh. Anyways, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Anything else prolific she's been in? Uh. Let's see. Hmm. Weird. Dumb and Dumber. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was say it's just a prolific movie. It's not much of a movie. Scarface. Oh. Uh, she was, looks, sounds like it was a background. Mm. Uh, she was like a extra woman at the Babylon Club. Babylon. Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. Mm. <coughs> Babylon. Babylon. Knight Rider. One episode. Oh. Knight Rider yeah. is the David Hasselhoff Correct. Kit, kit show. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. Phil Spector. Um, mm-hmm. The more you know. Is that who they based um, Sideshow Bob off of? Sideshow Bob. From The Simpsons? Uh, I don't know, but there is there was some like in pop culture type of things. Uh, I feel like see. that 
I heard one time somewhere a long time ago that that's who they based <coughs> Sideshow Bob off of. Let's see. But I'm probably incorrect. Sideshow Bob? Mm-hmm. Are you Googling who was Sideshow Bob based off of? Yep. I'm asking the Oracle. Google. The all-knowing Google. Um, glancing at it, I don't see. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. But I'm just glancing. Well, moving on okay. to my story. All right. Did the mics pick that up? What pick what up? My fart. <laughs> oh my god. Did it? No, I don't think so. No. Oh. All right. So, are you listening? Put your phone down. I'm looking up Phil Spector's thing. No, put your phone down. In. In uh. Three, pop culture. Two. Okay. Uno. All right. Yes, ma'am. I'm doing, the murder. Of Dimebag Daryl. And I thought this would be really short because there's not a whole lot to it. But actually, I want to look up what he looks like. I want to just know. Oh, okay. I thought it'd be really short, but it actually turned out that um, there's a lot of information that went along with this. So, I actually um, have some interesting facts about this whole case. So, I decided to... I was in between, like, this one and Selena... Um, like maybe John Lennon, but oh wait, I uh I know this one. Okay, cool. Re. All right. Dun, 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 well, dun, shut dun. up and listen. Respect. So okay, I decided to do this one because I first heard about it um in middle school. There was this boy in my class who always wore a Pantera shirt. Like every other day, I feel like he wore the same Pantera shirt because he liked them. And like I remember, I like asked him about it or whatever, and he told me that. He was like, yeah, their guitarist was, like, murdered yeah. on stage in front of everyone. And I was like, what? So, I've always thought that this, like, whole case was insane. Um, just, like, how many people were, like, traumatized, you know, must have been traumatized by seeing it. So, I just thought it was yep. crazy. Although, like, the venue it happened in was really small. Considering, like, how big he was and stuff, I thought it would have been, like, a really large venue. But... There was only, like, a few hundred people there. And the venue, it said the venue, like, uh, the capacity was, like, 600 people. And there was only, like, 250. Yeah. I remember. Uh, what what year did that happen? Oh, four. Okay. So, like, my my dad took me to concerts at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Like, elementary. Mm-hmm. Like, we went to, I went to a Metallica concert, Lincoln Park, in fifth grade. Anyways. That was right around that time um and we yeah you would have been 13. yeah we went uh if i don't i guess all of our most of our listeners are in st louis so like we went to the pageant at a concert i can't remember who it was but they checked us for everything and my dad he was like he was like oh that's kind of weird that they checked us in this uh place and it's actually small you know the pageant's it's not it's, that it's big. not small, but it's not also that big. Huge, right? It's like 
anybody who would play a concert in St. Louis, the next, it's the next, I guess, smallest thing, or it would be one step under playing a stadium. Yeah. You know, I would, th- I would say, yeah. like, usually if you're not big enough to play in a stadium, you'd play here at the pageant. Yeah. So they, um, yeah. And he was like, it's weird or it's weird. And then he's like, I guess it's because that Pantera mm, yeah. singer. And I guess they started tightening the screws on all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. It was right around that time. I'll get into it mm. about the whole security aspect. Okay. Um, so who is Dimebag Daryl for those listening who have no idea about metal like me? If you, if um, you don't know the song, it goes dun, da 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 re dun, da 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 spect or something like that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So full name was Daryl Lance Abbott. He was born on August 20th, 1966 in Ennis, Texas, and he grew up in Arlington. Um, so he was like from birth born into this world of music because his dad, Jerry Abbott, was a country music producer. So he like grew up around. <laughs> That's funny because like banter is yeah. totally opposite. Well, in Texas. Yeah. So he grew up like learning music from all these like country musicians and stuff. Um, he actually started playing guitar at 12 years old, which is kind of late. Like yeah, that is later really. than what I ex- would expect him considering he grew up around music. Yeah. Um, he received a Les Paul style Hondo for his birthday. I don't know what a Hondo is. Some type of guitar, I'm assuming. I've never heard of that too. Um, A-H-O-N-D-O. Yeah. Um, so he got this guitar for his 12th birthday and like, obviously got really good from then on out. Mm -hmm. Um, because he was really young when they started their music career. Uh, so his major influences at the time were Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Kiss, and Van Halen, um, which are all staples in the, I feel like, in that time, rock, yeah. metal, yeah. Um, his older brother, Vinny, had already been playing drums for a while when Daryl got his first guitar, and together they created the heavy metal band Pantera. Um, at the age of 14, so this is... This is so crazy to me. Two years after he got his first guitar. Two years. Okay. I've been playing guitar for a little over two years, and I suck. Yeah, but... Okay. All right. No, Listen. Daryl entered a guitar contest in Dallas where the founder of Dean Guitars, Dean Zielinski, was one of the judges. Daryl ended up winning the competition, and Zelensky recalled that he blew everyone away, and he won so many other guitar competitions in the area afterward that he was eventually asked to stop competing so that other people would have a chance at winning. There's there's some people that just have this... They just pick it up, and they are gone. Like Yeah, for him to be yeah. that good in two years is yeah, crazy. There's, there are some people that they just pick up a guitar, yeah. and they're... yeah. I it mean, obviously, he was born into, like, he, uh, a that, musical, you know. That, too, and, yeah. He'd been around it for so long, so right. I'm sure, like, he learned things just by watching without actually playing, you know. Yeah. And just because he didn't get his first guitar till 12, I guess, doesn't technically mean he, like, you know, hadn't, Did, m- like, played around with one yeah. before. Did he play any guitar, any instruments before then? Mm-mm. Oh. No, it said that he, like, would play around on his brother's drum set, but he was, like, so bad. Mm-hmm that it like um his brother would like kick him off of it (laughs) huh that's Um, interesting yeah so when daryl 
was Dimebag Daryl was only 16. 16. He just legally could drive. This is 1983. Pantera released their debut album, Metal Magic. He he was on that album, or or Pantera. Pantera. I don't, was he one of the co- the founding members? Him and his brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. I said okay. that. Oh. Oh. Vince uh. had already been playing drums for a while, and Daryl got his first guitar together, and together they created a heavy metal band. Oh, guitar. I didn't. Okay. Um. So they released their debut album in 1983 when Daryl was only 16 years old. Dang. Crazy. Yeah. Four years after he got his first guitar, he has an album out. Um, so he actually went by Diamond Daryl at the time. Um, and he actually was like a creator of, he was one of the people that helped create the genre of groove metal. And because of that, he's considered one of the more influential guitarists in heavy metal history. Over the years... Um, Pantera, they replaced their lead singer. Um, Daryl changed his stage name to from Diamond Daryl to Dimebag Daryl to fit more with the heavy metal scene. Um, and came out, and the band came out with a few more albums over the years. So the band's third major album, Far Beyond Driven, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 in 1994. Uh, by this time, there was some tension going on in the band. Naturally, if you spend all of your time with the same small group of people, you're probably going to hate each other after a while. Um, but Hence why bands break up a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the lead singer, he actually had such bad chronic back pain that he started consuming. He said he would drink like an entire bottle of wild turkey before each show. Um, so he started I think there's other ways around it than alcohol. But. Yeah, he started <laughs> consuming a lot of alcohol, painkillers, and eventually heroin. Um, he would travel. He would travel to their concerts separate from the rest of the band. Like he would take his own bus to the the shows. That's so crazy. Um, yeah, he would record his vocals separately from the band. So like they would be up in like Chicago recording or Nashville recording, and he would be down in like New Orleans recording. That's, that's so weird and crazy. Yeah. Um, and he eventually overdosed on heroin. Um, he survived. They saved him, but um, the rest of the band was like, "All right, we're done with you." Yeah. So, um, in the year two thousand, the group released their last studio album, "Reinventing the Steel." Um, and in two thousand three, the group officially split. Um, after this breakup, Daryl and his brother Vinny formed the band Damage Plan, and released their one and only album new found power in 2004 um but dime daryl did like a bunch of other musical like he had a collaboration with david allen co um and he guest guitar solo for anthrax which was you know a big metal band yeah um i just remember the singer has a weird looking beard thing a long red yeah pointy beard um i think he uh I think he hosted uh, Headbangers Ball on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dimebag Daryl also would dye his beard. Oh. Crazy colors, too. Uh, so, Abbott, Dar- Daryl, Dimebag Daryl, was um, ranked at number 92 on Rolling Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Um, in 2011, uh, 
he got number 19 on Louder's list of the 50 greatest guitarists of all time. Um, no, I'm sorry. He got the Rolling Stone number 92 greatest guitarist in 2011. He got number 19 on 50 greatest guitarists in 2018. And he placed at number 5 on Gibson's list of the top 10 metal guitarists of all time in 2015 and the same year was um, he was also ranked as the most influential metal guitarist of the past 25 years by VH1 so obviously great guitar skills especially mm-hmm. among the um, metal, metal community yeah. oh yeah um, alright so now that we know who Dimebag Daryl is and all of his accomplishments in such a short amount of time um, let's get to his untimely death so um, it was December 8th 2004 Damage Plan, um, him and his brother's band, were performing at the Al Rosa Villa nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. The band had played the first song of their set list. I actually don't even think they got had gotten through it all the way. Um, when 25-year-old discharged Marine Nathan Gale rushed on stage and shot Daryl five times, twice point-blank in the head um, with a semi-automatic pistol. Um, when this happened, Damage Plan's head of security, Jeffrey Thompson, tackled Gale and was fatally shot in the struggle. Um, the, you said the security guard was too? Yeah, Damage oh. Plan's head of security. Oh, went I, to, I didn't know that. Yeah, there were um, four deaths. Oh, holy shit. I thought it was just him. No. Oh, my um, gosh. So, yeah, their head of security, Jeffrey Thompson, tackled the shooter and was fatally shot when he, they were trying to get the gun away. Um, a fan from the crowd named Nathan Bray, uh, he jumped on stage to help um, Jeffrey Thompson, head of security, and uh, was also fatally shot. Um, and an employee of the venue, um, Aaron, female Aaron um, Hawk, she uh, was also fatally shot when she tried to disarm Gail. So they all kind of, these three people all kind of like went for this one guy to take him down and they all died. Um, three more people, uh, one of them was like um, one of the crew members of the band, um, were all wounded in addition to these four deaths. Um, before a Columbus police officer named James Niggemeyer <laughs> um, entered the venue. <laughs> That's an unfortunate last name, I'm just saying. Um, he th- So this police officer entered, I think he was backstage. Um, he like walked up onto s- the stage, and uh, this Nathan Gale guy actually was trying to take another person hostage, another man hostage, and he had him like in a headlock. Um, but this police officer saw a chance and shot Gale once in the head. From, like, 25 feet away. Shot him in the head. Um, That's a good shot because he was probably not standing still. Yeah, um, immediately killing him. So Nathan Gale died right there. Well, Um, don't shoot other people and that won't happen to you. Well, it's, like, so complicated because, like, you want to be like, yeah, you got what you deserved. You died. Like, you deserve to die because you... But you want to know why. Yeah, but, like, it just leaves so many questions unanswered, like, and what was going on, like, in his head mentally for him to be in that state. Yeah. You'll never know. Um, One concert goer, she was a 28-year-old nurse, Mindy Reese, 
Um, and another fan attempted CPR on Daryl until the paramedics arrived. Um, and I read somewhere that Nathan Bray, one of the guys that got, um, one of the fans that jumped up on stage to, like, stop Gail, um, although he was, like, fatally wounded, he was, like, trying to help CPR. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, as well. Um, but in an interview, they asked uh, the the nurse, the concert goer, Mindy Reese, they were, like, you know, asking her, and she was, like, I'm a nurse. Fuck this. I'm going to go help him. Yeah. So she just, like, jumped up on stage and started. She did CPR until the paramedics arrived, but. Um, so 2006, right? Four. Four. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's what, uh, what's that about? 10, 14, yeah. 15 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 15, yeah. So, um, it's not that long ago. Mm -mm. And it was like flip phones at that time. If that. If you had a phone, it was basic. Could you imagine if that happened now, how many people would have at least the initial? Yeah. um, Because I think you start to freak out at one point and not worry about your phone. Yeah, you would think. Uh, yeah, there's probably some psychos out there. Uh, Anyways, all right. I was just thinking, like, we would, in this day, yeah. we would probably at we least would be able see, to the, see it. the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nathan Gale, in the end, he had shot his gun a total of 15 times, killed four people, and injured at least three. Um, so Dimebag Daryl, at the age of 38, was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, thousands of fans attended his public memorial, including Eddie Van Halen, obviously of Van Halen, Zach Wilde of Black Label Society, Corey Taylor of Slipknot and Stone Sour, and Dino Cazares of Fear Factory. I think I said his last name right. I've never heard of that band, Fear Factory. Uh, I think they were like on that Headbangers Ball all the time too, I think. I also don't listen to metal, so... I don't um, either, but I knew it was on, and we would hear songs every once in a while that were on there. So Yeah. Um, so d- uh, Daryl was buried next to his mother in Arlington, Texas. She had died, like, not too long before that. Um, so he was laid to rest next to her where he grew up. Um, Gene Simmons of KISS donated a KISS casket, casket with a K, KISS casket for the burial. Um, and Eddie Van Halen donated his original black and yellow stripe 1979 uh, Charvel Bumblebee guitar that was featured on the back cover of Van Halen the second. Hmm. Um, or two, however you want to say that. Van I Halen don't know. Two. Um, it's two eyes, so I'm assuming it's the second. I don't two, know. Yeah. Um, jump. Bum, bum. Uh. <laughs> Um, it's like the only Van Halen song I know. Um, where it was? Uh, where, oh, okay. So the guitar was placed, so this Bumblebee guitar was placed in the casket and buried with Daryl. Um, when they asked Van Halen why he donated that guitar and like why it was buried with, um, Daryl, he said that a few weeks before Daryl's murder, they met and Daryl asked him, uh, if he could get a replica of the Bumblebee guitar. Oh. Um, so, like, as Well, that was nice of Van Halen to just give the actual guitar. Yeah. Um, so Van Halen stated at the funeral that Dime was an original and only an original deserves the original. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Vinny, Daryl's older brother, recently died in 2018 and was also buried 
next to Daryl and their mother um, in a kiss casket. Hmm. So the two rockers were buried in a kiss casket. Did he die of old age or? Um, I I don't know. Oh. He wouldn't have been that old, but I know. But well, well I, guess I guess if he was born in the '60s, yeah. I mean, that's up there. But and that's only like sixty. Fifties, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how he died. Um. Or fifties, yeah. So I was reading about why this murder happened in the first place, and there are not very many theories, but um, I will get into two of them. Um, but first, I this made me so mad. I read in a Rolling Stone article that Nathan Gale, the murderer, didn't even buy a ticket to the concert. So how did he get in? So annoying. I'm going to tell you. He waited outside until Damage Plan went on stage. He jumped a six-foot wooden fence that surrounded the outdoor patio, walked through the crowd to side stage, and shot Dimebag. Damn. A lot of people thought he was just a concert goer and he was getting up on stage to stage dive. Yeah. Which at that concert we went to a few weeks ago, so many people were doing that. (laughs) So many people were getting, like, on the stage and jumping into the crowd. Imagine, like, one of those people getting up on the stage and just shooting, like, someone. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. So, yeah. It made me so pissed. And I was like, he didn't even buy a ticket. He just, oh. Yeah. (sighs) Apparently, like, the bouncer tried to stop him, but he just, like, kept walking and got in. But um, he was, like, standing. What a a bouncer he was. I know. He was standing. Um like out back behind the venue and they were like hey are you gonna go in to like watch the show and he's like i don't want to see any crappy local bands i'm gonna wait for damage plan no and they were like okay so and then eventually they like told him to leave i went to damage plans like um roadies was like hey you need to get out of here um so um yeah, it made me so mad. I was like, you can't buy a freaking ticket. Sounds like there's a couple things that could have prevented yeah. this, but Yeah, so uh everyone at the concert thought that the shooting was a gimmick that the band had faked um to get the crowd like more hyped up. <laughs> what? Um at the cost of his life? Well, no, they thought it was fake at first. Like they oh. thought it was just like a Oh, like part like of the a, show. Yeah, yeah like yeah, part yeah, of the show. Yeah. They thought it was like a fake gun or, you know. Yeah. Um something like that and like right after it happened the crowd was like cheering and like pumping their fists and stuff because they thought it was fake they were like yeah like metal violence and stuff that's crazy yeah they were like cheering until um daryl's brother Vinny on guitar or on um drums uh stood up like from his drum kit and was like oh shit like they could see that he was like oh my god um, and, like, ran over to his brother, and then everyone was like, oh, this isn't yeah. fake. Um, this isn't metal! Metal! Most people believe that um, Nathan Gale did the whole thing because he was upset about Pantera's split and blamed Dimebag Daryl for the band's ending. No, yeah, don't that, blame, so that's what I've always Don't heard. blame the lead singer that, um, you know, OD'd on drugs that he was addicted to from, which, I mean, not his fault. Addiction is a disease, but. Yeah, don't blame, don't blame him. Yeah, blame. Okay. For everything that could have. Keeping it moving. Yeah. All right. So, Gail, Nathan Gale was from Mary's, uh, Marysville, Ohio, 
which I'm assuming is close to Columbus. I'm not really sure. I didn't look it up. Um, but that was this dude's hometown. Um, they all said that he was troubled but not prone to violence. Um, he did odd jobs before and after enlisting into the Marines, like construction sites, auto shops, landscaping. And he was even on a semi-pro football team called the <laughs> Lima Thunder. This dude was, like, really stocky and meaty, like, super meaty, um, like, looked like a football player. Uh, teammates said that Like the guy at Little Caesars the other day. <laughs> yeah, but without the mullet. <laughs> um, and the roid acne. Uh, okay, so teammates said that on the team bus, Gail would sit with his headphones in listening to Pantera. Hmm. Um, a few weeks before the murder, Gail had been arrested for driving with a suspended license. And by this time, Gail's friends told the Columbus dis- Dispatch that he had changed. He had started talking and laughing to himself and had told a friend that Pantera had stolen his songs and he was going to sue them. Oh, my gosh. So, obviously, there is some serious mental issue yeah. happening there. Um, A guy named Lucas Bender was a manager of Bear's Den Tattoo in Marysville, where Nathan Gale was from. Um, This tattoo shop was, like, actually right across the street from Gale's apartment. And um, he was, like, a frequent visitor to this tattoo parlor. Um, And the manager said he got a tattoo on his right or left forearm, a big custom design tribal. He also got his ear pierced about a week or two ago. He came in on a daily basis. I tried to keep him away from the clientele. He kind of gave everyone a weird impression. Um, The manager also said that Gail told him he left the Marines due to mental problems, was taking medication, and may have been bipolar. Nathan was infatuated with guitarists. Um, The manager of this tattoo shop told uh, the newspaper... Um, one of our tattoo artists plays guitar and Nathan started trying to hang out with him. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, maybe he just like tried to play guitar and never could. He was like, oh. It was like, bing, bing, boing, boing. I'm jealous of everyone that can. Um, so, however, the police who investigated the case believe that it had nothing to do with Pantera's split. Um, they searched Gail's apartment after the shooting and found nothing that, like, showed any type of plan. So, usually people, like, who do things like this, like, will write it out in a diary or, like, write it down somewhere. Um, they'll have, like, extensive research on, like, computers and stuff. He didn't have anything. Hmm. Which makes them believe that it was impulsive, which would go along with mental disorder. Right. But, I mean, I guess planning out would also be more, like... Uh, psychopathic psychop psy- yeah um, I don't know. Uh, but if he had some kind of if he was like sociopathic that would be more impulsive okay you know what we're gonna keep it moving you're the um, psychology major not me <coughs> no alright a damaged plan CD was found in the CD player of Gail's Pontiac Gale is that right Pontiac Gale Am Grand Am Grand Am oh whoops um so, a damaged plan CD was found in the CD player of his Grand Am, um, which he had driven to this show. So, who's listening to it on the way to this venue to Oh, murder. that's the problem. Musicians rule. You don't listen to the band yeah, that you're going to see. You don't listen to the band's music that you're going to see. All right. Yep. 
What are we doing next week? Can we pause this really oh. quick? I have to go to the bathroom so wait, bad. Wait, but like we have two seconds. We're just next week, whatever we're doing next week. I don't know what we're doing next week. Uh, Random. Rant whatever we want? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, podcasters okay. pick. All right. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>